Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. If you're not seated, you can be seated. And then I'm going to do a little Q&A with Lana because you've got stuff you want to know, right? Is reality TV real? Is Blake Shelton really nice? Does anybody want to know that? What was it it like to work with Ed Sheeran? Anybody know Ed? Good. Well, she worked with him, and, you know, maybe she'll tell us some some tips, you know. Well, you were on NBC. Now you're on LFC. (laughs) This is where I want to be, in the church, so I'm happy about that. You know, I'm thinking about all the places you could be today, and thank you for being with us. It means a lot. Uh, when she whispered in my ear when she was here in the summer, I've got to be on The Voice. I thought, okay, however far it takes you, you've got to come back. You know, if you last one night or if you last the whole time or if you make the top eight, what an accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> and you made a commitment. You said, I'll be back. I said I was going to come back. And I got a text. Some of you heard the story. From her, I'm moving to Nashville in February. Get me while it's cheap. I can drive up. That's not from, what I said. I can drive up from Pasadena. You don't have to fly me in. I thought, yay, isn't that great? So we're glad. Uh, I got to tell you, Debbie and I watched every one of your episodes and probably uh, rewatched on YouTube a ton of times. And uh, I got to watch online when the mayor of Chesapeake, Virginia, honored you. He said, I like giving flowers to pretty women. That's how he started. And and you cried. And uh, see, I did my research. (laughs) And he said, you were an encourager to others, and you did it all with humility. And Blake Shelton and others said, your humility and kindness were shown week after week after week. And then the mayor said that, Your coach, Blake, added that she is what country fans are looking for. Why did I just do that? (laughs) Authenticity and believability. And Blake Shelton said that Lana Scott checks all the boxes. But I think what we saw from you was Christ shining through in those moments and the whispers to your teammates that we could read your lips, that you were cheering other people on. And so I would like to know, maybe anybody here wants to know, what's it like when you're standing on the stage? Now, how many of you never have seen The Voice? Okay. Well, they got these four chairs, and the backs are to the stage, and the singer comes out and sings. They don't see you, and they listen to you. And if they like you, they hit their buzzer, and it turns their chair around. And you had uh, Ariana Grande, you had John Legend, you had Kelly Clarkson and Blake Shelton as your four judges. And you came out on the stage. What was it like? I want to know what it was like to stand there. And they go, the the, the countdown, two, three, four, boom, you're on. Tell us what it was like. We'll never have that experience. (laughs) Well, I'll say... First of all, I'm really happy to be here. You guys are so nice. I'm just looking out, and all of your faces are just smiling, and it's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, 
Yeah, I I wanted to be on the show for a long time. I'm a fan of the show. I watched it. I believe in the concept and how they're coaching people rather than judging. And um, so this was my sixth audition that I finally made mm. it. I kept coming back because every time I got a little step further, a little step further. And I like to say that I've treated my almosts as successes. And that's how this happened because I think a lot of people do get discouraged if they don't make something all the way the first time. But I thought, man, there's thousands of people and I made it past the first round. So that means something, you know, and if only more people felt that way and wouldn't give up so easily, you know, and I had no idea I'd, I'd make it as far as I did, but I'm glad I didn't give up. So finally, so that has to do with when I got on that stage, I had dreamt of that stage for a long time and I had almost been there like three times where I was right below that, that opportunity. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a huge adrenaline rush. And I'll tell you guys, I prayed about this a lot. And I promised, God, I have a friend in my life named Chuck who said, you know, as long as you let God's voice be your main voice, if you make it on that show, you'll be okay. And I loved that. So I prayed and I was like, God, if I make it onto this show, I promise to let your voice be the loudest. As amazing as Ariana and Kelly and Blake and... John Legend are like, your voice matters the most. And so I listened to a worship song every time before I got on that stage. I'd pick a different one. Wow. And I don't know if you guys know Jaira by Elevation. Yep. You are enough. You are enough. Yep. And actually, it's in, it's in Matthew 630. If he cares for the wildflowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, he'll certainly care for you. And if he... Uh, what is it? If he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? And so I meditated and listened to that that whole morning, and I really had this joy. A lot of people were freaking out backstage, like so nervous. And I, as much as I wanted this, I just remember thinking, I have God in my life. I made it as far as I always dreamt. I'm going to be okay no matter what happens, whether someone turns or not. I had this peace, and I know that that's God, you know, so... It was an adrenaline rush, and it was also such a joyful moment in my life. And I promise it's not because I thought someone was going to pick me. I didn't know if anyone would turn. And so when Blake turned within, you know, my first verse, I was so stunned. I didn't process. I was like, whoa, he he turned. That, he's the coach I wanted the most because he's country and he's Blake. And then Kelly did. And so that was very surreal, very surreal. And they fought for you for a long time. I don't know if y'all saw it, but then there was a whole popcorn break. They just kept going. It was so long. They they fought, and I'm just like pinching myself, thinking God that there's an audience this season because there wasn't for a while with COVID. And I'm like, okay, these other people are witnessing this craziness with me. I'm not alone here. Hey, hey. So yeah, yeah. That was that was wild to see that. Uh, that means I'm supposed to ask you to unpack. Did you catch that? Treat my almost as my success. Did you anybody catch it? What 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 do you mean by that? Because we have a lot of almost in our life, don't we? Yeah. And yeah. dreams that don't get fulfilled, and and you can make an analogy to chair turns, to something like a promotion, a job, a, you know, somebody buying your house for six million dollars in Lompoc, and uh, you know, whatever. We we all have our almost moments, right? And our so just tell us about that. What does that mean? How do you treat it almost as a success? Well, I mean, how often do we go all the way the first try with anything? You know, we got to, we fall a little, we got to get back up again. And to me, it's like, how do you, how do you measure progress? Is it, 
getting to a 10 from zero the first time or is it getting to a one and then a two? Mm. And then maybe you stay at a two the next time, but that's okay because not every day are you going to grow, you know? So it's not just with ambitious art-related goals. It can be with your relationships. Maybe you almost got through that that fight and you're you're getting better at communication, but it just wasn't perfect. It's like, that's okay, you know? You, you made progress, you tried, and maybe there was one thing that was said that really helped, you know? And you can remember that one thing and share that. And so, yeah, I just... And it's not easy, trust me. I'm, I'm still speaking that over myself. I'm saying it and I have to keep practicing it and remembering it. But yeah, it's, it's so easy to, to dwell on the fact that something didn't happen or the, the hard part, right? And that's, to me, that's the enemy trying to get in our head and, oh, you're, you must not be a good singer or you must not be, you're not meant to be with this person because it's not easy all the time. You know, just give up on this good thing or give up on this dream because why... Why bother? Because it's not perfect, you know, but we're not perfect. <laughs> like, that's the good news, right? We don't have to be right. perfect. We're not God. So if I'm not perfect, you know, if four people didn't turn for me, that's okay. And even people who four people did turn, they're still not perfect, you know, and they don't measure anybody's worth. And I can't tell you how many people I like prayed with. There are actually a lot of Christians on The Voice sometimes you see it on the show, sometimes you never find out publicly because it's maybe not part of their story. But there are a lot of Christians and we prayed together and some of my good friends didn't even get a chance to audition because the teams got full or they no one turned for them. And that just is hard to imagine. You know, I imagining me like six times I finally make it and then no one turns, you know, and I was prepared for that, y'all. I was like, God, I know that could happen, but I'm, I'm just grateful for this moment, you know, but just praying for people. And I felt really called to encourage people. And I told my friends this, they know how much I wanted to be on the show. And I was like, if I get a chance, it's going to be so important to me to encourage the people around me, the other contestants, hair and makeup, setting people that you don't see on the show, but who make the show happen, you know? So those are my favorite moments. It might yeah. not be the most exciting to hear about, but I just love the like the human connection behind the scenes and the growth that happens that you don't even really see on the show. So we noticed on social media, there was this group called the Land Turns. <laughs> Lana, Land Turns, they were your lights. Yeah. And with all that's so bad and hateful and despicable on social media, you had this group of people you never met you probably will never meet. And they were like, you go, girl. That was a great rendition of that song. You made it your own. All these great things. I'm and a proud lantern. A lantern, yeah. So how did, how did that encouragement matter to you? And, and is there any nugget in there? Because we're talking about being better together. Is there any nugget in there on how we can encourage people? Even if we think maybe our text or our, our email or our phone call or whatever might not matter. But it registers. So how did it register with you? And what would you say to us about being encouragers? It's amazing because even someone you've never met, their words are still so powerful. You know, getting, hearing from a stranger that when you sang this song, I really felt encouraged. That means just as much to me as my mother saying that to me because it's another person. It's another soul out there, you know, that felt something positive. And that's my whole mission. I mean, I did sing some breakup country songs on the show, but I also sang a song about Jesus at the end. I sang something in the water and, um, 
my, my main goal as an artist is I want most of my songs to be uplifting and encouraging. I write country music, but I also write worship songs and I'm always gonna worship God no matter if I'm at a country concert or a worship concert. Like that is who I am. And I can call it my brand if I want, but it's it's true and it's something that I'm I'm not afraid to say. And I think that was something that the lanterns would say. I would get comments and messages from people saying, thank you for acknowledging God on TV and thank you for writing about like giving thanks to God when you write on Instagram your captions because I would say you know Blake Shelton at one point saved me and I said I'm so grateful for Blake that he believes in me and grateful for this opportunity but most importantly I'm grateful for what God's been doing in my heart through this whole experience and that just felt so important to say because that's the truth, you know, whether people also believe in God or not, I get to share mine. And so seems like there are a lot of believers watching who appreciated that. And um, they actually asked us to think of a fan name, which is very weird. You know, I'm just like, who am I to have a fan name? I did, This wasn't my idea. But the producers asked us to and I thought of lanterns. It's a little cheesy because Lana, but I'm named after my grandmother who's no longer here, but she was a best friend of mine. And um, our name means light in the darkness. And that's what she is to me. And again, speaking of words, words are so powerful and they stay with you after, after someone's gone. My grandma's words are still encouraging me, you know? And so one day Carson Daly on live television was like, what do you want to say to the lanterns out there? And why'd you pick that name? And I said, you know, I, I didn't, this isn't about me being a light. This is, I want everybody out there, when they say they're a lantern, they're acknowledging that they are a light. It's not about me. And I said, and I want people to remember that we're all created out of light and love. And I pointed up and I got like shaky. It's like, I felt more of like this adrenaline rush in those moments, giving credit to God than getting an applause from singing a song, you know, because even Sierra and I were just talking about the power of words and you know, I didn't write the songs I sang, but I got to write the words I said when I was asked a question. So I put a lot of thought into that. And I'm like, that's where I get to speak from my heart. So, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I'm making his life easy. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to say. It's a crazy experience. So there was a, uh, a post that you did on Instagram. See, I did my homework. Uh you said there's so much negativity and hate on social media, which I just referred to. Uh, but to your fans, you've been, you know, my fan base, uh, whether you've been here from the start or new here, I, I see you and I appreciate you and I love you. And then you said this, I, I never came to the voice on a tunnel vision mission to win. I came to experience living out my dream of performing for millions of people on live TV. Wow. But the growth that I knew would come from putting myself out there and being vulnerable for the invaluable coaching and lifelong friendships I've formed along the way and the chance to take big chances and for another opportunity to trust all and even to trust to fall because God would catch me. Wow. And then you said this. It really, it really caught me. I treated every performance like it could be my last and never once entered that iconic room without appreciating where I was. I can promise you, yeah, yeah, that. that. Do my best, surrender the rest. That was your line. That I did, and I'll continue to do. And then you talked also on Instagram about being bold 
It was your word going forward and being willing to take risk. Um, there's a lot of people watching and a lot of people in this room. Uh, if I tell them, be bold. See, that's the response I get. Take a risk. Sure. How do you, how do you encourage people to be bold and take a risk? I know I caught you. Well, the thing is, is you're never going to re regret trying, right? Like you're only going to regret if you look back and didn't try. And so I think, and that, that goes for anybody, like whatever age you are, whatever, whatever it is that you're wanting to try, you're never going to regret just, just trying. So to me, that's being bold. And I think like a lot of us, I mean, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I deal with imposter syndrome. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It me, It's the whole, when something good happens, it's like, why me? Do I deserve this? I don't know. Like there's so many other people. And so that's a voice too that you can deal with is like, or if you get a promotion, like, oh, why me? Like, did, did I, what about her or him? And so, you know, when I made a team and I made it officially on the show and someone turned, I, um, I remember saying so many times, I can't believe this. I just can't believe this. I can't, I can't. And I started counting how many times that was coming out of my mouth. And I realized I, to trust God means I have to believe this. I've prayed for this. Now it's happened. So now I have to receive it. And to me, that's, that's the bold part that takes vulnerability because I might not know why, what God's doing with me right now, but I don't have to. I just have to take the next step. And so to me, that's boldness is not being able to see what's at the end of the road, but just seeing my direction right now is this. And so, you know, you mentioned I'm, I'm moving to Nashville. There's a couple things there that I feel I'm being called to be a part of or meet or participate in. I don't have all the answers. I'm leaving a lot of great people that I love to keep pursuing this calling that God has put on my heart that to me, I'm going to use for his kingdom and his glory. And I know that, and God knows that. But I do believe that it will make sense in time. Like, I think as people, we, we want to know all the answers right away before we take that first step, mm. right? We just, I heard one time someone said, we want the whole buffet. Sometimes God just gives us a little bit because if he gave us the whole buffet, we wouldn't need him. And I loved that. God gives all the answers right now. Like, why would we need God? Because we have all the answers suddenly. So, yeah, just... Faithfully taking steps, yeah. even when you don't know exactly how it's all going to plan out. I think if your heart's in the right place with that step, take it, you know, and only, only you and God know if it's the right place, but yeah. We were talking last night about Abraham, that God called him to go to a land that he didn't know anything about. And God was saying, I'll show you when you get there. So we're going to believe and pray that God will show you when you get there. And uh, how gutsy. I'm, I'm just going to leave my friends and everything I know that's comfortable and move to Tennessee because God's calling you there. And uh, you're going to do, do great things for God. We know it. We believe it. Um, you, you said, and I'm going to talk in just a moment, and then you're going to come back and sing, but um, one of the things you said that in your post, a prominent word on my heart, right now is bold. It will always, it won't always be easy, but I want the moves I make this year to be made in boldness that's rooted in hope and authenticity. I love that. Rooted in hope and authenticity. Um, 
we had a chance to kind of encourage each other. Thank you for texting me back. So during this process, I would send her texts just to pray for her and uh, let her know I was praying for her. And I know so many were. Um, thank you for responding. And uh, in the middle of all that busyness, and thank you for wearing Lompoc Foursquare Church merchandise around the studios. And when the cameras weren't on, she was wearing Love and Serve t-shirts and hoodies. I love that shirt. <laughs> love God, serve people. It's a great shirt. I love it. And I would sometimes I would like take a picture of the shirt and be like, look what I'm wearing today, Bernie. Like, haven't forgotten <laughs> you. And because again, words are powerful. And I was only here at this church once, but Bernie, I, you know, I, I'm not the only one who uses this phrase, but I love it. I taught it to Blake Shelton. He goes, ha ha, I've never heard of that before. But Bernie spoke life over me. I don't know. Have you guys heard of speaking life, anybody? Yeah, and then you can also speak death. Um, I was reading a book by Jess Connolly. It's called Dance, Stand, Run. Highly recommend it, especially to the ladies, only because she kind of writes it for women, but love, love men as well. But she, uh, she says, you know, you can come up to a pregnant woman at, for example, and say, uh, or who has three kids, and be like, oh, this is going to be the roughest time. I, I'm sorry, girl. Or you can walk up to someone and be like, hey, you got this, and there's going to be some, some good things coming up. And that person's day is going to shift because of the words you said. And so all that saying, you know, Bernie spoke life over me, and I don't forget those things, and I appreciate Bernie. And, you know, we all feel that way. I remember when Sean brought me here, he was like, wait till you meet Bernie. Bernie's, Bernie's the best. And and I brought Zoe here, and I was saying, like, Bernie's great. He's just got so much joy. And I love, I mean, I've had the privilege at, of singing in a lot of different churches the last year or so. And, um, you know, not all pastors exude this level of joy. And, like, do you see the love coming from their eyes when they speak? Right? Like, look at him. <laughs> He well, just, you had you had me at buffet today, so. <laughs> it's just, and you know, like, I know you wouldn't mind me saying this, but even Sean and I, as we drove back, he's just like, Sean said, I can quote you, right? It's a good thing. Of course it is. Um, he was just like, you know, Bernie, he's, he's like the kind of pastor that I wish all churches had. And I'm not gonna say anything bad about any other churches. I'm gonna speak life, but I'm just saying it's, you know, you want a, a pastor who cares about you and your life. He asks questions. You know, he's already asking Zoe, like, wanting to get to know her as she's her first time here. And after you meet Bernie, you feel in a way like he knows me. And God, you know, God, God knows us. And so you want your pastor to express that kind of care about your life that God has for us. It's kind of like a, a reflection of that. So. Well, you don't need to make this about me, but I, I will tell you. <laughs> I have I'll, to. I'll it's tell you something, though. That, too easy. That is this church. And the people here have always cared about the community and beyond our walls. And um, whether it's a fourth grader singing their first time up here with a crackly voice or someone of your caliber, they always cheer. We've done that for decades and decades and decades. And we want to keep believing in people like we believe in you. We do. We believe in you wholeheartedly. Last point before we, we go, I'm going to share a few words and she'll come back and sing. What was it like working with Blake? Does anybody really want to know that? And then, and then you had Ed Sheeran. Who else did you work with? I also met Dirk Bentley. We have any country fans? You guys know Dirk? Dirk oh Bentley. my gosh, yeah. he is so nice. Um, they were all, you know, 
wondering for so long what it would be like to be in the room or being coached by people. I, I, you know, no one from The Voice is watching me. This is the true answer. I, my ex- expectations were exceeded. Like from the moment that I met, mm. you know, the whole blind audition, it all happens so quick. It's long, but it happens quickly. And you don't really get to spend time with your coach until the battle rounds. I say battle because <laughs> even in my battle round when I was put against this young lady, I was like, God, I know what you're doing. My goal here is not to beat her, it's to encourage her. And I, like I wrote about that online. Now she and I are going to do a gig in Blake's hometown in March. But anyway, we both made it through, which was the beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, during that, you you actually, you guys see about two minutes of what is actually an hour-long rehearsal. Like they show you a little highlight and one funny thing and one serious thing that was said. But we have like an hour at a time with our coach and these these mentors and Blake, it, great eye contact with everybody on his team, which to me is great because he's been on there since season one and he's the best in country, I think, right now. He's just like the big guy. And for him to just really look at someone and he's still got that sense of humor that you see on the show, but he really cares about the message of the song and doesn't matter what genre you sing, he 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 cares about it just the same. Ed Sheeran was so down to earth, so nice. He looked like he was nervous Anybody too. Anybody know Ed, by the way? Okay. Oh, yes. He was like, he looked like he was taking it all in. And there was one moment where he even was like, he had to give me a note, which was to lower the key a half step. And then he literally, I can say this. He, he's, he's like, off camera, off camera, I just want to tell her. And he leans in. He's like, I just want to let you know that they told me I have to give everybody a note, but you're really amazing. And I was like, that's so nice of you. Like, I wasn't offended. It's fine. It's your job to help me. You know, I said, but for him to say that, and again, like off camera, was really cool and even he walked by where I was standing one time backstage and he went out of his way to come up stand right next to me ask how I was doing he's like how stressful is this how crazy is it well you're doing great and his team just stood there and smiled and let him do his thing it kind of gives me the impression that he does this a lot he likes to connect with people and he's a world you know pop icon singer songwriter so these people are just people guys you know I mean I know you probably know this but that's the coolest thing is realizing like I'm the same height as Kelly Clarkson. Blake could be my uncle. His sense of humor, just he's like my dad. He's like my family where we're from. And these are just people. And even Blake was like, you know, I think I had, this was off camera too. He's like, I think I've just did the right things at the right time and it worked out. I think that's why I'm I'm successful. Because this came out at this time while this happened. And that's so humble of him. Anytime, by the way, last thing I'll say about Blake, that I would compliment him because I had to. I was like, I don't think he gets enough credit as the artist he is. Mm. Um, and so I would ask him for advice and by way of a compliment leading it. And then he would always be like, oh, no, no, no. Like, he just, he's so humble. And it's really cool to see that from someone who's so well-liked and respected. And that was really great. And really? famous, exactly, famous, yeah. Yeah. So it's really great to see that we're all people. They're people. And God yeah. used you to touch all those people. I hope so. Yeah, and millions and millions of people who watched it all the time. So Christ came through. We saw him in your life. Thank you. Hey, I want to pray for Lana before I share a few thoughts with you, and she comes back and sings. But uh, let's just extend our hand, our heart, our faith this way. Lord, we are grateful for Lana. Thank you that you allowed her to have a relationship with us, and now we can pray for her. Not just today, but going forward. 
Lord, we ask for you to open doors that no one else could open, that you would shut the doors that are the wrong doors, and that you would do one major thing, that you would shine through her life. Every word she speaks, every post that she writes, and every song that she sings, may it be a glory to your name. Use her to be the encourager that she is and has been. And we rejoice in the future of Lana Scott because we know it's bright. You order the steps that we walk in. We pray you order her steps, Lord, and protect her, guard her, and guide her. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big loud amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much.